You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Good morning, church. Welcome to the celebration of 10 years of ministry that's been done here at uh, Foothills Church. So it should be an exciting day for you as we celebrate that, right? A lot of great things. Everybody has great, great memories. I got dressed up for it. You guys didn't. Uh, the only reason I really got dressed up is because my skinny jeans with the holes in the knees, you know, they're so stylish. I knew you'd love them. Uh, they were in the dirty clothes, and I didn't want to wash them. <laughs> I, I want to share with you about the 10 years that, that Foothills Church has spent as an open-door church. An open-door church. And I want to explain that to you because that's what you are, and that's what you need to know that you are, and that's what you need to be acting like you are along the way, okay? Um, many years ago, a few, several years ago at least, my, my wife's mother sent me a card. She hadn't been to Grace very often, but she came, spent a week or so with us, went back home. And she was kind of impressed with all, all that and seeing me up there. Of course, she knew me <laughs> a long time before that. Uh, and... She sent me a note, and on that card, she just wrote something that I've kept the card, and I've kept that. She said, Ron, never forget where you came from. And, uh, you know, I've, I've thought about that through the years, and, uh, and I thought that was very wise advice. Never forget where you came from. Because if you forget where you came from, then you'll probably never get where you want to be. So never forget what, where you came from, uh, Foothills Church. And in order for you not to forget, I want to share some things with you today. In the beginning, a little brief history of what, how we got to where we are today right here. And as I share that with you, I share it with you as an eyewitness to it so that you'll know where you came from and that you'll never forget where you came from and you can share that with your children and then they can share that with their children and so 50, 75 years from now, if the Lord doesn't come back before then, then you will, we will be able to understand and know where we came from. And if we never forget where we came from, then we should be able to learn some things about what we need to do to continue to be an open door church in the years in the future for us. It all began with Grace Baptist Church in 2008. In 2008, God just began to impress upon me that we needed to do something more. We were having two services, build a brand new sanctuary. Uh, we, uh, we started the academy. Uh, we had bought more land. We had 64 acres and a whole, and we'd kind of filled it up with all kinds of buildings and, and people, and, and we were maxing out. And yet, the, the desire to continue to reach more people was in my heart. And so, uh, I began to think, God, we can't do much more here. And so, it was obvious then to me, we needed to start planting churches. And so, in my little mind, I, I had where that church ought to be. I, we need to plant a church that'll be from grace, not exactly like grace, but at least have the basic core principles and biblical standards that, that grace had because we knew what it took to be able to grow a church. And so we thought, we'll, uh, we'll be there. And so in my little mind, I had already determined where God wanted that church to be. 
He had already told me, in my mind at least, or maybe I was telling God where that church needed to be. And so I started looking uh, for a building or looking for a place where we could start meeting uh, to be able to have in that community. And by the way, it was the Halls community. And I looked there for about a year and a half or so and talked and prayed and, and sought and all that. And then finally, you know, I can be a little stubborn, I guess, sometimes. I began to think, well, Lord, maybe I, was, maybe, I was, maybe I wasn't right about this. Maybe I just missed this, you know, somewhere along the line. I know you want a church, but... And then I started... And, and then, of course, I talked to Trent and talked to Todd, talked to the other pastors and shared some, some things. And uh, so I, then I started thinking about, you know, where we might go. And God began to place the Alcoa-Maryville area uh, on, my, on my mind. And the reason why is because we had the radio program, TV program, and, and I'd gotten a lot of responses from people all around uh, in the Alcoa, Blunt County area, Maryville area. And I'd been invited to a lot of churches to, to, to speak and, and to be able to share. And uh, some of those churches were like Broadway Baptist. I was there two or three times and preached there. And then uh, Calvary Baptist and East Maryville Baptist and Providence Baptist, Timothy Street Church, Madison Avenue uh, Church, Chihuahua Hills Baptist Association uh, a couple of times. And, and as I began to think about that, then, then we started looking in this direction toward uh, the Alcoa Maryville area. And all of a sudden, God began to open doors. When I went into the Halls community, every door I looked at was just closed shut. Got no response and no positive response from anybody. But when I came here, doors began to open up. And we began to look for places where we could uh, have the, the first service. Uh, our very first service we had was, uh, that wasn't really a service. It was a meeting in the Maryville Library. I advertised it on the radio program, the TV program. We sent out mail-outs, and we wanted to see if there was any kind of interest. And uh, I think we had 25 people show up at that meeting, and about 15 of them were from Grace. We had enough there. Now, I know I'm not going to ask. I'm sure nobody was there that's here today, but that was the first meeting that we had uh, in 2008. And we were just looking around trying to find a place. And finally... Uh, our basketball team at Grace had, had, a, had played out at Maryville Christian School, and we knew they had a gym, and so we pursued that. We went out and talked to them and said, could we use your gym to be able to have a service on Sunday morning? They said, no. And so we talked to them a little bit and said, wait a minute. Now, they'd had a bad experience before, and so we talked to them, and finally God opened that door for us, and we had our first service. I think we've got a picture of it there, don't we? Right? That's, that's what it looked like when we had our first service. It was, it was 10 years ago when this, that, that took place. We set that up, the stage and everything in their gym, every Saturday. And then every Sunday afternoon, we had to take it down. And we had to pay the rent for that. And, and we had a little band like that. And, and everything went well for a while. Was anybody there, anybody here that was there on that service? I don't see any hands. Uh, yeah, there are a couple of hands out here. That's good. Yeah, uh, that's, that's good that you're here. Uh, and, and you can remember that as well and pass it along. Well, uh, after a while, uh, you know, I, I asked the, the church, I said, I want 100 members of Grace 
to be able to go with me out there and, and help serve and reach the people in that area. And so they did. They came out to visit. They came out and knocked on doors. And they came out. And my, my wife, Becky, was, would get a van load of ladies every Sunday morning and bring them out to work in the, the nursery and work with children and teach classes and, and all that. And so uh, they, they, we just kind of poured out everything. And, and, and it wasn't back then at that time, the name was Grace of the Foothills. I thought it was pretty cool, but evidently nobody else did. But, so it's not around anymore, just foothills. But that's, that's where it goes. Um, so anyway, we, in our first service, we had about a little over 100 people there. And uh, it was a good service, and things began to happen. And before that, uh, that first service, I'd already talked with Trent about being the first pastor. And, and little by little then, people were drawn to the new church. And, and we soon ran out of space. Uh, in that church gym. And so Trent started looking for other buildings around the area that we could move into. And, and he'd go to one and look at that. And for one reason or another, that didn't work. And then we'd look at another one and that didn't work. And then look at another one, that didn't work. And then one day he came up and said, Dad, uh, I found a building. He said, it's called Thunder World. And I thought, Thunder World? You know, what is that? That's what that was. It was a family fun center. But we were able to get that building, and because of Grace Baptist Church signing the note, we were able to, to buy that building at a very reduced price because it was in the, that time frame where things were not doing well. And we changed Thunderworld into God's world. And we remodeled it, we reshaped it, and, and began to meet in the video section. Now, I got to admit, Trent tried to keep a couple of those video games but, uh, for the staff, but we wouldn't have gotten anything done if it, that had happened. But, but in the video section, we had our first worship area. And this is what that looked like. It's in the children's side now, but it was where the video games were on the opposite side where the bowling alley was. Anybody here today that was there? there there's a few more hands. That's good. You've got some people stuck with us here through all of this. All right, that's great. You remember that well. Well, we ran out of that. Filled that up and, and having a couple of services in that. So we moved over to the bowling alley. I had to take out all the bowling alleys and remodel the whole thing. Uh, to be able to make it into a worship service. And this is what that looked like. Anybody was in that service the, the first time? Or, or all, most of you will remember. How many were there the first time? All right. Very good. We've, we've got some, some people who have stuck with us through all of this. That's great. All right. And then the, one of the greater miracles even of it is where you are right now. And our first service here was just, believe it or not, just about one year ago. It was one year ago that we met in this building and for the first time. And now here we are in two services already uh, dealing with all of this. And, and through the 10 years, Grace Baptist Church has given over $1 million to be able to provide for, for this church to be able to get the foundation that it needed to be able to, to move forward and do what it, what's doing today. We also gave you some of our best staff members to be able to, to keep things going here, like Trent and Todd, of course, uh, both of them. Uh, the, the uh, what I want to call him, 
the, the, the minister of the, of the holy genes, and that's Landon Reynolds. <laughs> All right. Landon's a great guy. I've watched him grow up from just a little boy, really, at Grace uh, and all the way. Jeff Davis, some of you may remember Jeff Davis, who led the music, did a great job for us. He is now the associate uh, and still is the associate music guy at Grace. And then Taylor Knight. Yeah, Taylor Knight, he's around here somewhere. All right. And uh, James Swanson was our intern at Grace for one summer when he was at Liberty College and worked with us. Uh, Neil Arwood, Jim Geyer, and uh, the most recent one is Lance Isher. Okay. And I have seen most of these young, these guys grow up from really just young little boys to be able to say one of the greatest blessings of being a pastor is watching some of these little boys and girls that just children running around learning about Jesus and then walking up one day, waking up one day and seeing them actually serving God full time is a tremendous, tremendous blessing uh, along the way. Today, it's very clear to me that God has blessed Foothills Church for 10 years as an open door church. And I want to tell you what that means. In that short period of time, hundreds of lost people have been saved. Numbers of marriages have been healed. And countless numbers of prodigals have returned home. And I want to give all of you the opportunity to be able to stand up right now and praise God for what God has done over the last 10 years so that you won't ever forget it. Would you praise him right now? Just praise the Lord for all those things that he's done. Amen. It is, it is not something that man, any man could do, any group could do. And so I want to be able to share with you today so you will never forget what God has done for you as an open church. Revelation chapter 3 is a scripture today, and I want to read that with you. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. It says, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. And so that's what this is talking about. That, that particular church, individual church. Uh, and write these things. And here's what Jesus says. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What does a key do? What, what's a key used for? To unlock a door. To open a door. To be able to allow you to move from one door to the next door, to the next room along the way. All right, so Jesus is the one who holds the key to all the doors. Whether the door is open or whether the door is closed is based upon the person who has the key. And that's Jesus. He's the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And here's what Jesus said about that church at Philadelphia, and I believe about every open-door church, which I believe Foothills is one. I know your deeds. He knows what we're doing. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. doesn't take a whole lot of strength, just a little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. 
I want to help you this morning to understand what it means to be an open door church. First of all, it, 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 the, that, uh, that church in Philadelphia, like Foothills, is a church that makes you feel like every Sunday is a revival. There's this, every Sunday is a celebration. You come to an open door church every Sunday, and you don't know what God's going to do, but you know God's going to do something. You know there are going to be people moving. You know you're going to hear a word from God. You know that you're going to be blessed with a time of worship. Uh, you know it's there. And, and it, the, the church is an open-door church, the church of Philadelphia. And I don't know why God opens one door uh, for one church and then doesn't open a door for another church, but I know that's exactly what he does. He'll open the door for this church, and for some reason, he won't open the door for the other church. But God works that way, and he moves that way. Uh, an open-door church can be a, a, a church that has a different pastor, the different styles of preaching, uh, the different, different styles of teaching, different appearances. There are different kind of pastors uh, in those churches. They can have different programs. One program works in one community. It doesn't work in an, another community. So it can have different programs. It can have different music styles. But open-door churches are all able to grow and reach the lost, while other churches that are doing the same thing in the same community with the same kind of sincerity are not growing like that. We try to explain churches like that of the open door uh, today by saying, well, the reason why that church is growing is because of great leadership. Or we say the reason why that church is growing is because it's in a growing community and there are subdivisions being built all around and, uh, and, and all these people are being moved into there. Or that church is, has rich people that can help buy, uh, pay the way for new staff and, and be able to provide the buildings that are necessary and the resources to be able to grow. And, and, and those things are important. I know that. But it takes much more than those things to be able to have and be an open door church. I mean, charismatic leadership can attract a crowd, but it cannot build a church. And, and a growing community can provide new, new people uh, in the community, but it cannot provide new people, and new Christians, and transform lives. Rich people can build nice buildings, but people's lives aren't transformed because of the architecture of a church. An open-door church, listen to me, is a phenomenon of the Holy Spirit of God. It is a work of God. He opens up the door because he knows those who are willing to go and those who are not willing to go, and he opens up the, the goal for them to be able to help them accomplish it. In his divine wisdom, God chooses to open the door for one and close the door for another church. An open-door church defies the explanations of the experts because it is a miracle work of God. It's something that only God can do. Ten years ago, some of you weren't saved. You were dominated by your sin. You're going in a direction where, where you didn't, didn't want to go, didn't need to go. But because you weren't saved. If you have been saved and baptized at Foothills Church over the last 10 years, would you stand up? I want to give you a chance to testify to the faith. Stand up. If you're one of those who's been saved and baptized here. Can I see that? Um, amen. Amen. 
So, you see, that's why I can say this is an open-door church. Because one of the things that happens is people are being saved. All ages are being saved. Things are happening uh, on an ongoing basis. Uh, they're saved. I believe I have been sent here simply to share a word from God that he wants all of you to hear today. And the, word I, the words I believe are this. I have set before you an open door. I believe that's what God's saying to the church and therefore, that's what God is saying to you personally. That he's setting before you an open door. After 10 years of ministry, watching this church and seeing what's happened and how God's used it, and from my experience, I, I, it, there is no doubt in my mind that the, that the Lord is ready to do even greater things with this body of believers. Any limitations on that open door will be from self-imposed individuals upon the church by those who are the partners and the staff members. They'll be self-imposed. So I want to help you understand today what it means to be an open-door church. The first thing it means is this. Open doors are opportunities. Open doors are opportunities for a church. Uh, a door is used to separate one room from another, right? It's used to separate one place from something else. All right. Before you came into this room, this, this worship center, you were out in the foyer. And how did you get from the foyer to the worship center? You had to walk through a door. When you walked through that door, what did you have to do? You had to leave the foyer. You cannot remain where you are and go through an open door at the same time. Going through an open door means that God is going to do some changing in your life. God is going to use you in different ways than you've been used before. God is going to take you places where you have never been before. That's what it means to go through a door. And when he opens that door and you go through it, you are given opportunities that you never saw on the other side of that door. You couldn't all find seats out in the foyer, but now in here you can get comfortable and you can find a seat. Because going through a door is, is what provides the opportunities for you to be able to do some, some great things along the way. Uh, an open door means he wants a church to change in some ways. That's, that's where most churches miss out on the God-given open doors. The opportunities to be able to do great things because they don't want to go through a door because that's going to change things. If we go over there, we'll have to change this. We'll have to have those kind of people uh, around us as well. And we'll have to do this and, and we won't be able to do this anymore if we go in there. And, and so they, they stay where they are. They, they, don't, they see the opportunity, but they don't take advantage of the opportunity and they miss their God-given place of, of ministry. They may love God. They may hate sin. They're just not willing to change. Not willing to change the things that are necessary. Can I tell you, if you're going to grow, you're going to have to change. Right now, your body is, has billions of cells in it, and those cells are changing by the, by the millions, even as I speak to you in these few seconds. If, if you are not growing, if you are not getting new cells inside of your body now, you know what? You're, you're dying so if you're not changing, you're dying. If you're in a church and you're not changing, then you're dying. You never change the words. You never change the preaching. You never change the message. 
but the methodology that you use to be able to reach people, I'm changing. I've always said, if, if, if you can show me a better way to reach people with the gospel, I want to be the first to try it. I want to be the first one to be able to get out there and try to do it. I want to, I'm willing to change whatever it takes except the gospel to be able to reach people with that gospel because that's what the church is all about. The definition of growth is change. So when Becky and I moved to our family to Grace in 1988, the average attendance there was about 280. And we'd asked God to send us to a church where there was uh, where a church that had the desire and the opportunity to be able to grow because I always had felt God's calling on my life was to grow a church. And so I, I, I was looking for that. And back then, one of those old attendance boards was hanging on the, my left every Sunday morning. Uh, Mr. Leroy, who was the associate pastor, unwanted, un, uh, but he was the associate pastor. Uh, he'd come out with a Sunday, as a Sunday school director and hang that board there every Sunday. And he'd tell what, how many were in Sunday school and uh, how many were in worship last week. And they, at the bottom, he had the record attendance. The record attendance at Grace Baptist Church. It was started in 1916, and, and the record attendance happened in 1967 was 614. I came to Grace in 90, 1988. That record from 1967 was still 614 was the high. Grace Baptist Church was founded in 1916. It took 79 years for Grace Baptist Church to have 1,000 people in the worship service for the first time. It happened in 1995. 79 years to be able to, to get to that point. Three years later, in 1998, we reached 2,000 people in attendance. And everyone was amazed, and everyone was talking about it, and everybody was excited about that. Now, I want you to compare that has happened at Foothills Church here. I mean, that sounds good. You know, at that time, we, we were really excited about that. But, but, but look at and compare that with what's happened. Foothills Church, 10 years ago, the church was born, given birth to, and it had nothing. It had no money. It had no property. It had no buildings. had no members. And it was started. And we began to, to see things happen. All we had during that time frame for, for Foothills was a vision. That's all we had was a vision. Nothing else at all. Five years later, five years later, Foothills Church celebrated for the first time having 1,000 people in the church. Wow. And last year, on the, on the ninth anniversary, they had 2,000 plus, almost 3,000. And this next week, when we move into the, the 11th year, next year, uh, next week at Easter, I'll guarantee you we'll have over 3,000 after 10 years. Man, folks, that is amazing stuff. That's God's stuff. That's God's work. That's, that's God's movement. And that is a great reason to praise the Lord. Now, all of that has become possible 
Because Jesus opened a door of ministry 10 years ago and gave a handful of people the opportunity to go through that door. Nobody had to. Nobody was forced to go through that door. Jesus is through wide that open door on that church that had nothing. And people began to walk through that open door. Some of you walked through that door. And because you walked through that open door that God gave, we're here today. And if you had not been willing, well, along with the others, to go through that door and grab hold of that opportunity, to give yourself to that opportunity, none of us would be here today. And all you people who stood up and said you were saved and baptized over the last 10 years, you might still be lost. A handful of people took advantage of that opportunity. By faith, they stepped through it, and they experienced what few churches have, will ever have the opportunity to experience, and that is the phenomenal growth and ministries that are taking place at a church that's only 10 years old. Second thing I want you to see about open doors are, open doors are challenges. Nobody ever said it would be easy. You know what a sacrifice, the definition of a sacrifice is that I give up something I think is valuable for something that I consider to have more value. That's a sacrifice. And so open doors are challenges. 89% of the Southern Baptist churches today are plateaued or declining in attendance. Trent said a couple of weeks ago, 33% of the new churches, like Grace, planted, don't make it through the fourth year. Foothills Church has just made it through the 10th year of its growth. With an attendance of 2,000, it may well be one of the fastest and largest church plants in the entire state of Tennessee. If it were easy to go through an open door, everybody would do it, and there'd be all kinds of churches like Foothills everywhere you look, in every town around Tennessee or around across America, it would be. But the reason why you don't see that happen, the reason why you don't see too many churches like Foothills is because it's not easy. In fact, it's extremely difficult, extremely expensive to be able to do it. It isn't easy to give up something that you feel comfortable with and you know what's going to happen and you like and your friends like and you like to being with your friends to give up something where it's just you and yours and what you like and then be over here and be in another area where you've got all kinds of things going on that you're not comfortable with and new people coming in all the time and changes being made, demands being made on you and people are challenging you now to do something you've never done done before a lot of people don't like to do that but it's a challenge it isn't it, it easy because it's a challenge and sometimes it appears as an impossible challenge if I would have told anybody 10 years ago that 10 years from now uh, we're going to have 3,000 people and being in this new sanctuary with all this facility everybody would have just said well yeah he is getting older we can see that you know and let him go. Part of the reason the Lord opens doors for us to challenge, is to challenge our faith. He wants to challenge our faith. He wants to set before you a challenge uh, so that the only reason you'll go out and do it is because you have faith in him to be able to do it. Uh, he wants to see our obedience and our commitment. God, by giving us a challenge of an open door, is going to separate the sheep from the goats. 
The sheep will go through those, those open doors, and the goats will find reasons why they don't have to. It, he, he's going to separate the, the casual Christian from the committed Christian. Because the casual Christian will say, well, I'm too busy, and I can't do that. I can't afford that. And so they won't go through that open door be, because of all, all the excuses. Uh, he, he knows where you are spiritually, but some of us don't know where we are really spiritually. Some of us have an inflated ego spiritually, and we think we're a whole lot more uh, spiritual than what we actually are. So God will sometimes place an open door in front of you to prove to you, to reveal to you what kind of faith you really do have. And to see if you're one of those that's willing to accept, follow the opportunity, and accept the challenge and go through that open door. And if you don't go through that door, you, you turn away from the challenge. That reveals what kind of faith you have and trust in God. See, the church wasn't placed here just for your benefit and mine. It, it isn't built on my vision or, or on your vision. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. See, it's, it's his church. Uh, he's in charge of opening and closing doors. You don't see him standing at the door here, but he's opening and closing doors for you all the time. He'll, he'll block you here. He'll open this one up. Sometimes you'll go crashing through a closed door. That hurts, doesn't it? But he's the one who has the key, and he's the one who's opening and closing doors. There are many churches in Blount County, but there are only a handful that are willing to go through the open doors Jesus has opened for them. Many others have been given the challenge of an open door, but few have been willing to accept that challenge and been willing to go through that open door. Why? Why would a church not want to see happen in their church what's happening here? Why would they not want to see all uh, hundreds, thousands of new people coming and, and people being saved and marriages being healed and, and the prodigals be returning home? Why would they not want to see that? Because going through the open door means hard work. It means sacrifice. It means change. And it means opposition from the enemy. It always happens. It means giving more money. And I know you, you got it all tied up now in that boat. You know, you can't, can't afford it anymore to give anywhere else. And, and or you've been, you expect to give more time and you're given, you don't have enough time now. But the church asks for more time. You, you're supposed to be giving more energy and more service on the other side of that door. If I go over there, then I know this is what they're telling me I need to do, and I really don't have the time, the energy, the money to do that. Too many pastors and members are will, aren't willing to pay the price, and so... They refuse to go through that door, that open door that God has. And that means they refuse to accept God's challenge to be the person, to be the church that God's called them to be. So open doors are, are challenges for us. And then lastly, open doors can be shut. Open doors can be shut. Notice what Jesus says in verse 7. What he opens, no one can shut. Do you think the enemy has been trying to shut this door? 
You think he's been trying to close us down? I could tell you names. <laughs> I, I could give you names of people who were trying to shut it down. Uh, I could tell you about incidents and events that took place and, and, and banks and all those other kind of things you had to deal with. But every time someone tried to shut it down, God said, no, we're not shutting it down. And we were able to make it through doors that we, other people were saying, you know, we, we couldn't, couldn't make it through, but we did. Satan can't shut a door that God has opened for his church. Satan can't shut that door. But listen to me. Satan can discourage you as a staff member. Satan can depress you as a, as a partner. Satan can distract you and, and he can defeat you. Someone can destroy you personally so that you refuse to embrace the opportunities and you refuse to accept the challenges that God gives you to go through that open door and receive the opportunities for the Lord. And when, when you withdraw like that, you don't do anything. You see, the only thing necessary for Satan to win and close the door, get the door closed, is for Christians like you and me to do nothing, to give nothing, to pray for nothing, and to say nothing. And if that's where we end up as members or staff members of the, of this, of the church, then that will allow that door to be closed because we're not willing to go through and do what needs to be done. The ten spies who's, who who walked with Moses through the wilderness and, and uh, then went up to the promised land with the other two, Joshua and Caleb, that went out to spy out the land, the promised land. They'd only been gone a few days from Egypt, and they came to the edge of the promised land. Moses sent out the 12 spies, one from every tribe in Israel, and those 12 came back and said, 10 of them, uh, two of them said, yeah, we've seen that, and it, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Joshua and Caleb said, it's a land where, where they have everything we'll ever need. God is going to give it to us. Let's go up. And their 10 spies said, we can't go through that door. We know God said he's going to give it to us. We know we're right at the door, ready to go through the door into the promised land. But there are giants that live in that land. We have great opportunities, but we're going to have to fight if we go over there, if we go through that door. We're going to have to endure some things. Those guys are so big. They are so strong. They'll kill all of us. We'll not get anywhere. We can't go through that. And all the people listen to the majority. And all the people that had been brought out of slavery in, uh, from Egypt and taken right up to the door of the promised land decided we don't want to go through that open door. Too many challenges there for us. And, and the opportunities aren't great enough for us. We want to go back to Egypt. And so what did God do to them? He took them back into to the wilderness. And when they went back into the wilderness, all 10 of those spies that said, we can't go through that open door, died. They got to plague, and they died. And all the other people then started looking around and said, that's going to happen to us. Let's go back. We want to go through that door. Now we want to go back through that door. And they went back to the promised land, and they wanted to go back into it, and they couldn't go in. They tried to fight their way in, and they got beaten back. And so God took them back because they refused to go through that open door. God took them back into the wilderness. And they spent one year in the wilderness for every day that the people, the spies, had spied out the land. Forty years. Because they refused that open door. God shut the door 
And when God shuts the door, it's too late to go through that door. All of us know once growing dynamic churches at one time that, that are just shells of themselves now. They, they can barely keep the doors open on that. God in his divine wisdom sometimes closes the door that he wants open to a church and they're out of God's business. Now, the members may keep the doors open. They may keep paying the utility bills and they may still be going through the motions, but they have lost God's anointing on the ministry of that church. And I could give you name after name of churches like that. The Bible was filled with people who had the door in their life closed. Cain lost his birthright to Seth. Esau lost his birthright to Jacob. King Saul lost his place as king of Israel to David. Judas lost his place as a disciple of Jesus to Matthias. The Jews lost their reward to the Gentiles. And many churches have lost their open-door reward to other churches that were willing to embrace the opportunity and accept the challenge and go through the open door that that other church was not willing to go through. See, I believe that God had the vision for Foothills Church 10 years ago because another church in Blount County failed to go through their open door. For whatever reason, that other church had that door, and they were doing something, but then they decided they didn't want to go any further through the next open door, and it closed out. And the result was that God said, all right, I'll move over here, and I'll get this new church coming up, and I'll use that church. I'll give them that open door and see if they'll go through it. And I think that's how God works. What's the reward for going through an open door? You go through this open door God has, and, and you're there, and now you've got the opportunity, you've got the challenge, you see it, and now you're over here, and you do what God tells you. You take advantage of the opportunity, and you respond to the challenges, and you do what you need to do. How's God going to reward you? You work so hard, you've done so much, you need to take a couple of weeks off, right? No. When you go through an open door, and you face the challenges, and you deal with the opportunities, God says, you have been so faithful here. You have worked so hard in this room. You have done so much for the kingdom. I want to reward you. Here's another open door. And then you get to go over to the next door, and you look inside of that, and you see opportunities you hadn't seen before. You see new opportunities that you never dreamed you'd ever have before, but they're the opportunities. But they're also the challenges. And if you go through that open door, guess what? And the reward for that is another open door. And the reward for that is another open door. Jesus said it this way. If you're faithful in a little, I'll make you ruler over much. So the more you do for Jesus, the more he allows you to do for him. The more a church goes through, the more doors a church goes through, the more open doors they will see. But if you ever come to a point in place where you decide, you know, we've been working hard. We need to take a break. We need some time off. Uh, and, and we don't want to go any further. Uh, let, let's just kind of tabernacle here. Let's build a temple here. Set, put our tent here. Let's stay here for a while. God's saying, I can't stay here. If you stay here, you're going to stay here without me. Because the people I'm reaching for are out here. And God will walk away. I'm convinced that God has, has given Foothills Church an open door for ministry. He has given you an opportunity and a challenge to be his instrument. Like maybe no one else in this area even. And as long as you go through his open doors, he's going to continue to bless you. 
However, I want you to understand, God doesn't need Foothills Church to be able to fulfill his perfect will for Blunt County. He doesn't need you. If, if you are like some other churches that have lost their, their, that door, they, they've gone through the door and then they've stopped, and you don't want to go through the next door, God will say, all right, then I want to move on down the road to this other new church that's being planted now. Or I'm going to go to this older church like Grace Baptist Church was, and the church hadn't done much in 20 or 30 years, and I'm going to revitalize that church, and I'm going to use that church because I think they'll go through that open door. And so if there ever comes a day when Foothills doesn't want to go through, they forget where they came from, don't ever forget where you came from. But you're going to forget where you come from? And you can lose that blessing and God would give it to some other church somewhere along the way. The danger is we can refuse the open door or hesitate in front of the open door or not embrace the opportunities of the open door and accept the challenges that God has for us on the other side of our open doors. And if we ever do that, the open door God has given to Foothills for the last 10 years can be lost tomorrow. So here's what I want to leave you with. These are exciting times. And there is more to come. There are more to come. Times, accomplishment, blessings, miracles, lives touched and changed, transformed, all of that. There's much more to come. I want to know if you're ready to go through the doors God is opening for you today for the next 10 years. God wants to take you for the next 10 years. Don't forget where you came from, but look forward through these open doors. And when God opens a door... You accept that opportunity, you fulfill that challenge, and you move forward. Are you ready to do that, church? For the next 10 years, go through those open doors? Would you? All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time to be able to share your word with your people that you are using in such tremendous ways. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the lives that have been touched and changed for all eternity because of the ministry of this church. And I pray now, Lord, that you will energize us, re-energize us. Even as we celebrate 10 tremendous years of blessing, that you will help us to see that you have blessed us in order to be a blessing to other people. So help us, Lord, to fulfill the purpose for the blessing and to share that blessing with others and continue to enable us to have the faith to go through every open door that you open for us so that Jesus Christ could, could, could be honored and glorified through all that we do for generations, for generations to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.